0: With James and Jane. Hi, this is James. And just before we start this episode, I wanted to remind you that you can support us via Patreon on our website at www.worldofwork.io forward slash support. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Hello, this is James.
1: And this is Jane. And here we are
0: again with another episode of the World of Work podcast. It's uh, exciting. It's a Friday afternoon. The sun's shining in Edinburgh. What are we speaking about today, Jane?
1: So, the sun's shining everywhere. It really is. I know, it's rare. Uh, it's a Friday afternoon. Can you tell? We're also sounding quite <laughs> hyper. Um, so, today we're talking about job crafting. Okay. Uh, job crafting is basically saying that we find ways to shape or craft our jobs um to either increase our productivity or to make us more engaged with it or for a variety of reasons Mm. so uh we're going to talk all about where the original research and what the types of job crafting are and, and also a little bit about who might do it and why
0: cool Looking forward to it. Um, in the meantime, though, just a quick shout out. You guys can get in touch with us if you want to. Uh, we're on Twitter at The Wow Podcast, um, or we're uh, emailable, hello, at worldofwork.io. And we're on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and places like that. So you can get in touch with us there. Um, and if you get a chance, it'll be good to uh, have you guys write a little review. That's always helpful for us.
1: Yeah, particularly at the moment if you listen on Apple.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just saying. You know, um, and this episode is going to follow a usual sort of process. So we'll have some definitions, a bit of research, list of a week, some stories, some final thoughts, and then we'll get out of your way
1: for the weekend. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> happy. So for those of you who don't know, it is, um is we're recording this in February, and it has just started to get lighter. Yeah, it's right. Lovely. So it was four o'clock, and I looked out the window, and it wasn't pitch yeah, black. and I got so excited. It's very excited. Um, okay, James, you're going to take us away with some definitions?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. So I'll kick us off with some definitions. Um, We've got three of them. The first one we're going to talk about is job design. And job design is the process of establishing employees' roles and responsibilities and the systems and procedures that they should use or follow. And that's from the CIPD. Um, Next up, we've got job crafting. So job crafting captures the active changes employees make to their own job designs in ways that can bring about numerous positive outcomes including engagement, job satisfaction, resilience and thriving. Uh, And that's uh, from some work in 2007 by Bergertal, which is some of the you know the core seminal work in relation to to this field. Um, And then the last one we're going to bring in for definitions is microcrafting. So microcrafting what's that about? Well Micro-crafting is is really saying that micro-job crafting involves small or micro-changes people proactively make to personalize or shape their approach to work through their actions, their interactions, or their perceptions, and which typically takes less than 12 minutes a day or an hour a week in total. So it sounds pretty micro, doesn't it? Mm
1: -hmm. Jane's smiling
0: at me. We're going to leave it there on that one.
1: Yeah, we'll come back to that. Cool. All right. So let's dive straight into the research roundup. Yay, let's do it. Uh, so a couple, last couple of episodes we've tried to start our research roundups with why are we talking about this yeah, and I think that's really helpful right? why does it matter why should you care so and I think with job crafting it's really important we talk about that Yeah. so why does it matter why does it matter well <laughs> uh, there's the little question and then there's the big question oh right Where and there always is with us yeah, yeah. so on a really basic level um People need income to live, right? Mm-hmm. And many people are doing work that does not necessarily satisfy lots of their needs, but it does, to some extent, meet their financial yeah, needs. Yeah, everyone has that. Right? And what that means is people are doing jobs and spending up to a quarter of their life at work. And it, whilst maybe helping pay the bills, yeah. might not necessarily be satisfying some of their intellectual, emotional, mental, sure. physical needs. Yeah, um, You know, and ultimately if people are unsatisfied that's not great for them no, no. it's not great for their family the people that are around them it's yeah, not the great for the people at work and, and their yeah. team uh, and it's not great for the organization or the community that they're a member of so it kind of matters that people have to some extent some satisfaction or some comfort or some com- comfort with what their job is mm-hmm. um, from an organization's point of view let's face it uh, organizations particularly profit making ones they want they need to be competitive yeah, um, and they need to manage their productivity. And at the moment, the buzzword, the holy grail, is uh, employee engagement.
0: Oh yeah, There's
1: not a huge amount of agreement, I would say, at the moment, about what employee engagement is. Yeah, well, exactly. Is that what fair? Am I allowed yeah, to say yeah, that? No, I think that's fair. Um, and I think there's, I think there's a very interesting question about productivity generally, and. Sure. and We'll come on to that later. But I also think that very practically from a manager's perspective, it's not fun managing people who are not satisfied at work. Yeah, they're unhappy. It's, unhappy. it's awful. <laughs> it's yeah. nothing less fun. Um, and I also think uh, it matters because sometimes we want to find the things we can do to make things OK or a little bit better. The other thing I think that's quite we've talked about this a fair bit, like there's an increasing need, desire, want to have more flexible working, certainly in the Western sure, world. Sure, it's right? a trend, isn't it?
0: Yeah. You for know, all kinds of reasons. For lots nice. of reasons,
1: but very much so quite often because of two parents working, right? Yeah, so there's yeah, lots yeah, of more yeah. flexibility, but also people are changing the way they think about yeah, their lives, parents need more care, yeah. all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah, is yeah. going on in the West. So therefore I think there are more people who are where they find a job that meets those needs. Yeah. Right. If you think back to career anchors, it's your work life balance yeah, and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and I think, therefore, they they sometimes stay in jobs longer or stay in jobs that don't fit everything because it works in so many of the other really important things. it's good enough in many ways, yeah. Yeah, good enough. So um, I think there's more of it, and I think that's why it's really important. We talk about this stuff and also shine a little lens on, from my perspective, a little conversation, just a little one, about is this really, you know, just... Dodging a bullet about whether these jobs are the right jobs.
0: Or well, for whom? Do you mean red and jobs? And yeah. for
1: whom for the organisation for the person, and why do they need crafting? And our job you know and our job descriptions are a little bit out of date. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Generally, and
0: who, who, whose obligation is it really to do that crafting anyway? I mean, where does that? Yeah, yeah. So sit as and always,
1: and you know my ex lecturer would be so proud. As always, the question is, you know, whose responsibility is this? Yeah. And why are we serve? laying the blame at the employee yeah. again? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah so why might people job craft really practical we've, we've talked a little bit about it but there's some really practical things there's things like as a coping strategy mm-hmm. so to alleviate boredom yeah I'll tell you a story about that later cool um, to improve individual relationships like another an individual one with their line manager for example if they don't have a great line manager they might start changing the way they do things to better yeah. meet the needs of that person um, their own passion their own purpose wanting to feel more linked to things uh, better linking with the organization's purpose because they don't feel like their job fits or matters as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but also things like increasing work life balance, increasing community, um, personal development needs. Um, and I, I really, there's two that I particularly enjoy. One is increasing absorption. Ooh. So absorption is basically how absorbed you are in your work, right? Yeah, it sounds
0: like paper towel or something, doesn't it? Though? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I, yeah, well, maybe. But um, so there's, um, one of the other ones is uh, restructuring the order of tasks to suit your flow. Yeah, Right. Yeah, so great, both, like both of those, right, mm-hmm. are about um, being in your sweet spot. In yeah. sport, it would be described as in the zone. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's lots of pe- reasons people job craft. Some of those are really, like, quite intrinsic and some of them are very practical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things that you should know about people who job craft. It tends to be the people who are more proactive. Okay. Um, who will think about doing this and do it off their own backs, which and is I, not I, a massive surprise. Yeah, right?
0: and I, of course that like, links to maybe a sense of agency and control and all those types of things. Yeah, well. and
1: I think that's really, uh, really important and I suspect you would see differences. I haven't read the research, but I suspect you'd see differences in different industries. Um, and I think there's something else though. Like, there was, I, read, I read some of this stuff and it was like, oh, these are the people who are more likely to do it. The people who are more likely to job craft are the people who want to stay in a job that doesn't meet all their needs. I think yeah, it's as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, those could be lots of things. Those could be because they're not meeting their purpose-driven needs. It could be because they can't fit it in around work. It could be because they're bored and they're, they're procrastinators unless yeah. they're engaged or they're extroverts and all their work is introverts or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? But fundamentally, what we're saying is it's not going to work if the person doesn't want to stay. Yeah. But if the person does want to stay and wants to stay in that team or that job or that organization, then then working with them... Yeah to help them figure out how they can do the job with some sense of satisfaction yeah. is a pretty it's a good win-win, thing, isn't right? It, right? I yes. it just it, you know a question no brainer. Well and there is a bit of this that slightly slightly makes me feel like is it is it, you know it's, stay well, in, the, stay in the blooming obvious as my mother yeah. would say.
0: So if something's not that great, why don't you make it a bit better? Yeah. Is that what we're but saying? But what I
1: do like is the types of job crafting that Burger Al go yes, on to explore, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about Predominantly, they focus on three things: task crafting, relationship crafting, and cognitive crafting. Okay. So, when you think about job, you you went talked about the definition of job crafting, which yeah. is about making changes to your job design to help you achieve more from your job, right? Yeah. And whether that's about satisfaction or productivity or whatever. Yeah,
0: whatever that direction. Is.
1: So, what what Bergadell argue is that people do it in one of broadly three ways: task crafting, and that is fundamentally changing what you do, right, okay. or changing the way that you do the things you do. Yeah, so your actual Um, activities, right? Your actual activities. And they've got a lovely little quote from their paper um, about someone who they would argue, this is what they're doing, task crafting, which is, I really enjoy online tools and internet things. So I've really tailored that aspect of the written job description and really upped it because I enjoy it. It gives me an opportunity to play around, explore tools and web applications. And I get to learn, which is one of my favourite things. That's nice. Right? Which is a really lovely way of someone taking a little bit of ownership of what they do and saying, you know what? if we give out information we could be doing it loads of different ways right yeah. we can do ad campaigns we can do online campaigns we could go out and do workshops yeah 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 or we but, can but share the, data online yeah, for our and internal what suits teams me, or whatever, and yeah. what's going to help the organization because i think i'm you know it's playing to my Yeah, strengths. where can i add
0: value yeah what am i good at what do i enjoy yeah
1: and i think uh, it's pretty straightforward but it also might mean taking on extra tasks yeah, which obviously then has some challenges because quite often people are like, "Hey, take on the next role; that'll keep you happy," but you still gotta yeah. do your old job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the uh, other thing is that they sometimes uh, do stuff around helping out across teams, which can be in a bit benefit lots sure, of organisations, yeah. but also can then make your own team feel like you're neglected. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. desk type stuff. Yeah,
1: there. and so task crafting it absolutely makes complete sense. It kind of again feels obvious. But I think a lot, of the, a lot of the science or art in it is building a relationship with your manager and your team to allow you to do that. So the second is relationship crafting. So it's who you do it with, who you do it to, who you do it near, who you're around. Um, and I think one of the really great examples um, from the paper was around customer service people okay. who wanted to, uh, in order to be able to explain to customers why things were going wrong they wanted to spend time in other departments Great. they're sociable they like building relationships yeah, they, want, they want to understand stuff because yeah. they find it easier to talk about stuff so they made the argument that look if you let me spend a bit of time then I'm going to be able to deliver better customer service Yeah, great. it's win-win for everyone mm-hmm. right? but it's about understanding um, that for that person their job is not simply transactional and doesn't get broken down yeah. into bullet points of job descriptions it's about seeing the organisation as a yeah. whole yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. relationships within it and then the third one is what they refer to as cognitive crafting. And this is about how you think about your job. Brain, brain crafting. Brain crafting. So, oh, so... mm. Tell me about brain crafting. So, cognitive crafting um, is pretty straightforward. And it's about, you know, you know the old story about the NASA cleaner oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not cleaning yeah, floors yeah. I'm putting a man on the moon yeah yeah what are you doing cognitive. that is cognitive kind of crafting oh, yeah, in extreme it, yeah. right yeah yeah so um, one of the examples that they gave is about um, a baker who changed the way that uh, they thought they thought about their role to being a culinary artisan oh nice and much more thought about feedback from customers as a learning process so that they could improve their craft yeah. and they could deliver a better product and everything was a, a bigger picture of the whole and I feel really complex about this. Right. Because I love it. I can do and the hands I know hands are clenching, right? <laughs> I've done it myself. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I coach people and I mentor people to think about things differently, to mm-hmm. change their perspective on their own work and their yep. own strengths and weaknesses. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that if you're not really careful, this becomes a, well, if you're not happy in your job, that's your problem. And you just need to think about it differently. And I feel like I get scared that I could get reduced and weaponized.
0: Yeah. And you know what? When we talk about Tales from the Keyboard, I'm going to reflect on something kind of similar to that. But I think there's a piece in here about the accountability. And I think there's also a piece in here about the malleability of humanity. And, and when do you decide that actually it's not about me, it's about something else? And this, this very much is, you know, it's about me as, as the employee. What do I do? How do I fit into the world? And sometimes it's not your place to fit in. Sometimes it's your place to change the world chain.
1: Well, I do think there's a question of, you know, how long do you put up with stuff that's just not comfortable for you? Yeah, yeah. And I think it depends on your role in the organisation and your level of responsibility. And yeah. I, I worry when I see it uh, attributed to and uh, addressed to people who may be... The NASA, Ed, right? Yeah. It, is he paid well? Hopefully. Yeah. Is he Is people polite to him? That's, you know... Does he have good relationships with people? That's probably as important and his cognitive crafting of yeah. how he thinks about his job. And, and,
0: and you know, with this, I think there's also an obligation to others because the more that you accept things yourself and, and you know, sort of bend yourself out of shape to fit in through cognitive crafting in your own role, the harder you make it for other people not to do that yes right and so i think there's a little bit of collective endeavor that's important in this as well but that takes us way off a different route that isn't i know we're almost session. on industrial relations yeah. there <laughs> I know, let's um, leave that for now <laughs> let's definitely leave that
1: for today but i do look coming back to the original without question um to the point where i'm glad they've done this work to show it and shine a light on it this is what we do we yeah. do it all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. we think about our work so i work a lot in the non-profit sector and there were lots of my job that I wanted to smash my head against a wall because of the paperwork or whatever. Yep. But I always framed it within the, I am navigating this on behalf of a team of people yeah. who are trying to do a better thing here. Yeah, purpose. Right? And that makes you get through it. We do this all the time. We, yep. we, we adapt to the way we think about stuff. So, I just want to spend a minute, just before we finish up, on a couple of, two other things. <laughs> One is... You mentioned it in the definitions, microcrafting. micro-crafting. So I, I came across microcrafting in a couple of places. And I've included it, really, because I'm not sure what I think of it. Um, and that just feels like a buzzword. Uh, so I'm going to give you some examples of things where people microcraft. Remember, it's meant to be 12 minutes a day, right? Yeah. I'm and it's things it, like yeah. um, spending time tidying up the electronic client notes if they felt they were not clear. Um, sending a note of thanks to a colleague once a day. Investing extra time with a colleague changing the format of a meeting from a sit down one to a walking meeting shadowing a colleague who was spilled with a specific task reclaiming lunch break and setting up a lunch date with a colleague each week
0: that was a nice deep breath in you did there in that section transition spoke words
1: yeah Mm. so I volunteer for a new project I mean I just are these micro crafting is this, is this job crafting is this just life and how we get on with stuff with what Stuff. Um, Anyway, so look, I I understand that weaving... So the the research is interesting. The CIPD found that actually people making tiny adjustments really does make a difference. And I think there is a very interesting thing about people having the freedom to feel they can do their job in their own way, in their own time. Autonomy, think back to self-determination theory, Dan Pink. You know, people have autonomy over the way they do their work. They are more likely to be engaged. they get that. And I also think if you encourage people to think about doing it differently. But I also think it smacks a little bit of organisations that just don't ever change stuff, right? Because all the yeah. good organisations and teams I've worked in, we've changed stuff all the time. We've yeah, been crafting yeah. well, constantly how we yeah, do our work yeah, yeah, yeah. because we're trying to play to everyone's strengths, but also we're trying to get the work done well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure about that. And then the last thing I wanted to cover was, so, okay, you, this is you, right? This is absolutely you. Me as a person. Not you as a person, <laughs> the person listening, right? You realise you are not as satisfied as you could be, but you are definitely staying in this job. Right, and this is what you want. So you're gonna job craft. And uh firstly, it is an actual thing, right? It's it isn't just a, a cognitive yeah, thing. It yeah, is yeah. actually a sit down and think about it thing. And I've got three questions for you. That these are mine. No <laughs> there's nothing clever about them. But um there are three questions that I would encourage you to think about. So the first is are you sure you're not just avoiding a job change, right? Yeah. And if you are, that's okay, but be honest about that yeah, and yeah, make yeah. yourself comfortable the with intentionality that. Don't is important. pretend that you, you have a reason because quite often we stay in things far too long. Yep. And we look back when we change and we go, oh, we should have moved ages yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, years ago. I, was, I remember a probably terrible statistic about people on average 18 months too long. Right. Okay. I was like, is that all? God, yeah. Nonprofit it's like <laughs> yeah, decades. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, nonprofit. I love you. I love you all. Uh, number two, uh, what existing space? do you have to job craft and when I say space I mean what autonomy do you have in the way you do your work how much authority do you have about your day how much authority and uh, um, permission do you have about who you work with where you sit what which meetings you go to um, what tasks you do what you delegate what you share with other people and get a really clear what what permissions you do have in your head and think about what permissions would help you do that if you don't have them and then The question is, how can you create more space? So how can you have a conversation with your line manager or your team and say, you know what? I am struggling and I am sick. And, you know, it's not an excuse to get rid of all the boring work. But, you know, I used to work with someone who loved spreadsheets. You still do. I I used to work with someone (laughs) different who loved spreadsheets and loved making them really neat as well. And, you know, I used to feel like I was dumping work on them. But that person quite, I think, quite liked that they yeah, could make yeah. my work look better oh, than it did. Oh, spreadsheet. Well, no, I think, she, I think genuinely not, this uh, yeah, person yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, was like this now it. functions far better and it's yeah, not going to yeah, mess yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. it's an
0: efficiency drive um,
1: or whatever. So, so I think, uh, yeah, those are, those are my three questions. Like, are you sure you're not just avoiding a job change? What existing space and, and autonomy do you have to craft within your job? And then how can you create more space? Because actually, forget, if you, no, not forget, job crafting that's not fair forget all the research and everything for one moment just one moment ultimately if we have autonomy and a plan for how we want to do our work that will suit us we're probably going to be more productive for our organizations and if you don't feel that's happening it's probably worth a conversation somewhere yeah it's good okay so that's my everything i've got for research roundup pretty
0: exciting i liked it it's a good topic
1: you don't like it nearly as much as you've got your list coming up though do uh, well you?
0: no that's true Cool, so I'm going to take us into the list of a the week then And um, we got a very special moment We're going to say our first rude word on the World of Work podcast
1: Who's going to say it?
0: Uh, I don't know, To we flip the coin? I think I'm going to just do it um, So our list of a week is going to talk about bullshit jobs There we go That felt kind of good I, I think How come I should we're suddenly go? saying that? Well, just because we're rebels title? Yes, it's because it's a book title and, and it's going to be BS jobs from now on um, So what we're going to do in our list of a week is we're going to explore uh, some things from uh, David Graeber's book. David Graber's a professor of anthropology at the LSE, London School of Economics, who wrote originally a paper years ago about um, BS jobs and then, then that's grown into a book and, and he's done a lot of work and had great amounts of sort of input and feedback from people around the world. Um, and we're going to touch on the types of jobs that he describes uh, as BS jobs and that he's had sort of um, fed into him from people about their experiences, which he's categorized as different types of BS jobs. And, and we're doing this because, um, one, it's really interesting and fun. Two, because these jobs, these BS jobs, are the types of jobs that people might want to craft and change, right? So in all of these roles, people might want to try and change their tasks. They might want to try and you know, craft their relationships. And my guess is that a lot of these people are looking or are or, or, you know, using some sort of cognitive adjustment to, to be happy in these uh, roles as well. Um, so what we're going to do, what I'm going to do is just tell you about the, those five different types of jobs that he's identified as BS jobs. Um, and I'd say go and read his paper or grab his book or listen to him because it's it's interesting. So coming up, what's number one, Jane? I don't know. Number one is flunkies. <laughs> yeah. So flunkies are people who are employed only to make their bosses seem important. So in some instances, this can be Um, You know, something like a receptionist who sits in an office where the phone rings once a day. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, they're only really there to help um, their boss feel powerful. Um, But in other levels, you get, you know, sort of bureaucratic roles where people start to bring in assistants. So you get like a non-executive director in a large organization who doesn't maybe have as much uh, decision making and influence as others in terms of capital spend and things like that, but still builds out a large team of assistants and people to support them. Um, and that doesn't always...
1: Well, and it's a perk sometimes, right? It, it that's is, how they yeah. lure people. Yeah yeah, bit... yeah, 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 I know someone, he should yeah. remain nameless, who got a job offer and they, said, and they were like, no, no, no. And then they went, we'll throw you in an EA three days a week, an executive right. assistant three yeah. days a week. And I'm like, do you need an EA? And they're like, I don't know. It, well, sounds, like... it sounds like something <laughs> I can do with.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's a flunky. A flunky is somebody who um, is employed to make somebody uh, feel important. And there's millions of these people out there. Uh, role type number two is called the duct taper Right. And duct tapers are employees who treat symptoms, not problems. Like, for example, maybe customer service reps are paid to apologize when a repair worker doesn't show up on schedule. Right. So instead of, um, you know, say you're, say you're working somewhere and you, you're in a large organization and um, maybe, uh, you know, you've got a supply that's not coming in and you phone up and what you do is you complain and you say, sorry, my thing's not here yet. And the person says, yes, I know, I'm sorry, we're working on that. You're top of our priority list. We'll have somebody with you right away. And then, you know, somebody else calls them and so on. But instead of having more people actually doing the job of going out and fixing things.
1: Or just fixing the system. Or just so fixing I'm the system. So raging about
0: this. Yeah, problem. yeah, yeah. Then you've got people who are or these sort of intermediaries apologizing. And again, there are lots of people like this. There's people who, you know, do short
1: Utilities companies in the UK. Yeah. Massive. I reckon I've spent over 15 hours on the phone in the last year to duct tapers in the utilities. Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. And I feel so sorry for them. Yeah, it's not This them. is not a criticism of them. Absolutely. This it's is the system that's problem. created these jobs.
0: Yeah. So that's duct tapers. Next, and this is one of my personal favorites. This is the box tickers. <laughs> now, box tickers are people who create reports that never get used. And having worked in large organizations, this stuff happens all the time. And somebody decides that some reports are an important thing. Or actually, in my experience, what happens is generally somebody senior asks for a piece of ad hoc information once because they're curious about it. And it percolates down through the organization. And before you know it, it's a monthly process. And every month you need to create that same thing. And then somebody says, well, it would be better if we added a bit more information and you create it. And it gets sent out. But nothing, nothing happens as a result. There's no decision made. There's no... Well, there's nothing, right? It's just a lot of it, data wasted.
1: My advice to anyone who looks at that and goes, "Wow, that's my job." Um, my advice to anyone, seriously, this is the moment where you have to ask that first question: <laughs> Am I just <laughs> avoiding changing my job? Yeah, it's because it's the 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 absolute difficulty of motivating yourself when you know your work is worth nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and a little top tip. Just put a password on it and see if anybody asks for it, if you're sending out a report. And, you know, probably like 95% of people won't ask for a password. And then, you know, they're not even open in it. So there we go. Sorry, that might sound a bit harsh for all all the people creating reports, but it's just something that might be worth thinking about. Um, Next, we've got goons. We like a goon, don't we? A bit Mm. of a henchman. (laughs) Um, so, so goons are people who go and, and they go around and they, they use tactics like aggression and manipulation to attract customers. And it's almost like a coercive, um, coercive way to drive business. And again, this isn't really necessary and it's not a nice job for a lot of people to have. Some people like it, but generally it's not, not nice. But really the point here is that, you know, with goons, what they're doing is, is they're creating a need where there is no need through aggressive tactics. Um, and that's pretty unsatisfying, isn't it? I mean, I, well, I, maybe I just sway to the other side of goons. No, no,
1: no. I I think it's not only unsatisfying, but fundamentally, if you are about got your wits about you, mm-hmm. and you are a active middle member of society, yeah, fine. But actually, quite a lot of the goon stuff is targeted as people who don't get it to so older people. Yeah, uh, aggressive phone sales stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff.
0: But but also like I, I don't know if it sits within goons or a little broader. But you, you get whole job classes like lots of corporate lawyers who exist because there are other corporate lawyers who might be aggressive, right? So within this whole world, you you get um, industries where people grow because other people in those industries exist. So if you get particularly, that's, that's
1: literally the example they use. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. corporate lawyers who sit there saying, I mean. I understand the company needs me, but they only need me because the other guy's gone. Yeah. If we all just yeah, yeah. down tools...
0: Yeah. And another one that's great is divorce lawyers, right? I mean, like, divorce lawyers, they get more and more expensive. And if one party has an expensive divorce lawyer, the next person has an expensive divorce lawyer. Yes. And the outcome is nothing but a division of assets, right? There's no productivity or no output.
1: Except everyone's losing except the lawyer, right? Everyone's losing without, except the lawyer. Without question. And
0: the lawyer has a BS job. Um, and that's, well, yes. yeah, yeah, unsatisfying. Um, anyway... A bit of a rant there. Next one, number five, the taskmaster. So taskmasters manage workers who don't need supervision. Sounds good, yeah. right?
1: I think I think this is probably of all of them, this is the one where I feel like, certainly in the UK, it is where we could make the fastest inroads to productivity. I, I really do. I yeah. think if you could free up that, pay everyone who's in that team a little bit more, the way that some of the... Um, it's happening with some of the self-managed nurses teams in the Scandic countries. Yeah, yeah, in, and in they, Holland. They, and they, yeah, they that. organize themselves. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it Holland? Holland, yeah. Okay, and they, can, they've yeah. got uh, groups of nurses that instead of being managed, they organize all their own shift rotors, they coordinate yeah. all of their information, yeah. and they just get paid a bit more and they don't have a manager. Yeah. And they're doing fine. Yeah, and lots the of places. The danger comes when you get organizations that try and put too many people in a team. And that's silly. Right? Yeah. Just, don't, just have smaller teams with no managers yeah. because the whole reason that they're making bigger teams is because they can't afford as many managers as they have so just get rid of them
0: yeah. anyway All right. so I'm just going to run through that again yeah. this is um, five types of roles that we think might um, be experiencing or benefiting from job crafting these are um, BS jobs uh, David Graeber's work on this um, and the five types of job uh, that David Graeber flags up as BS are flunkies People who make their boss look important, don't really have another job. Duct tapers, people who fix systems, not problems. Box tickers, people who create reports or similar things that never actually get used. Goons who use sort of aggression and manipulation to, to drive business. And taskmasters who manage workers who don't need supervision. So that is our list of the week. And with that, let's jump on to our stories from a keyboard. Have you got a story you want to share,
1: Jen? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cool. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit a combo of being one of those jobs. Okay. Uh, well, sort of. And, um, so when I was desperately applying to get my dream job, when I was like in my mid twenties, Mm -hmm. I took on a temp role for a higher education establishment. Um, and I was quite good at it Mm -hmm. and they were quite pleased and they paid me quite well for, for a first job. And, uh, I was so bored oh I've never been so bored in all my life but it was convenient they would let me have time off for interviews they liked me I really liked the people I used to have lunch with them all Um, it was really social it was a bus ride away so I wasn't spending a lot of money commuting it was great and I was like the next job I take is going to be the job that I want in that organisation so I'm just going to keep waiting but in the meantime, I was so bored. Yeah. I cannot tell you how bored I was. Um, and they were lovely, but I was bored. So what I used to do is I used to, I used to basically make it a competition to see how fast in the day I could get through my work mm-hmm. so that I could start playing computer games, mm-hmm. right, which is truly terrible. But yes. it, but I, I did do it, right? Yep. And it got to the point where I was coming in early because it became this thing where I was like, I reckon I can finish my day before it's meant to start wow. at 9.30, wow. right? So I was coming in early for a job I hated. Wow. To do it Be- early. Just to prove to myself. Yeah. And it was actually, it was partly, it was like, you go back to why do people job craft? It was around getting in the flow. It was around uh, organizing it and feeling like I had some kind of autonomy. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. actually I didn't really, because I was stuck in this position where I had a job I didn't really want, but yeah. it worked for now. Yeah. Um, and they were amazing. They let me do anything and everything as long as I got the work done. They That's were great. like, we like you, you mm-hmm. fit tell us what you want to do and how you want to do this job and we will let you do it. And yeah. I was like, uh, I mean, they were desperate. They were lovely, but desperate. But I just, it really struck me and I think I went into every, I, I moved into a very hierarchical organization, a dream organization, but quite hierarchical afterwards. And I just came in with the same attitude and I think everyone didn't really know what to do with me. Because mm. I just went around doing my job the way I wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. everyone was like, well, is someone going to tell us she's not meant to do it that way? Yeah. And yeah. no one did. And actually, as a result, we, we ended up massively changing the way the department worked. Because I kind of naively had gone into this organisation, going, "Well, we'll just change this and this yeah, and this," and yeah, they were yeah, looking yeah, at me, yeah. like, "No, you can't do that. It hasn't changed for ten change. years." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I always struck by the quote that Bill Gates talks about that he would always hire. A, I think it's Bill Gates says he would always hire a lazy engineer, mm. and what he means is he's always looking for the engineer. That doesn't want to waste time. Yeah, want spend fastest route to time. the solution. So this is, and this is what ultimately I did. I just didn't. I was like, if I'm going to do this job, I'm going to do it in the bare minimum time, yeah, and I'm going to yeah. get it done. And as a result, the, all, the the department got loads better. The first one and the second one. Oh, very good. Yeah, good. Not on purpose, but mm. they did. What about you?
0: Um, so my story's slightly different, I guess, and and it's maybe more a bit of a reflection. And I, I've been thinking about a time when I've been in a situation at work in a role that I was unhappy with, mm-hmm. um, in a way that, you know, a, a lot of people often are. Um, and I went, without knowing anything about job crafting, I, I did bits of it, but I definitely reflected on the, the sort of cognitive piece of it. And I got myself to a stage where where I felt that I could make myself happy again in my work and by thinking about it and, and doing some of those things. Um, But there came to be a sort of a tipping point where I consciously decided I'm not going to do that. It's not about, you know, changing myself to fit into this role. It really is time for me to go. And it was just an interesting sort of awareness that I probably could have done some of that cognitive stuff to be happy in what I was doing. And I could have done bits with my relationships with others and so on. Um, But I ended up feeling that that wasn't the right thing to do. And for me, that came back to probably you know sort of personal values around what i felt was happening around me and i could have got myself to be happy with it but it would have been bending myself out of shape and i, I didn't want to do that and your point about is it time to leave you know you can put yourself into that you know square peg in a round hole or whatever but it might not be comfortable in the yeah. long term
1: and i think i think uh, hr generally get very hung up on turnover mm. and i don't understand it there is nothing more toxic to an organization than well then maybe there is but there's very few things more toxic than someone who should be leaving yeah. but feels for some whatever reason they're staying yeah. pay them and, to go I say right just yeah. get them out of there <laughs> I don't know about that I'm not sure I believe in paying them to go but definitely support and help them grow develop and you know I never understand why people don't help the people that work for them try yeah. and find a new job if they're ready if they yeah. can't give them the work that they want and need help yeah. them find different work
0: yeah totally agree
1: but literally it's so against the grain of what we talk about with turnover right?
0: yeah um, any final thoughts before we start to wrap up? Uh,
1: so off, on the back of that, what I've just said, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit of a plea to HR and line managers. Mm-hmm. Please stop getting hung up on job descriptions. Yeah. Firstly, they're probably not very well written in the first place. Yeah. And if they are brilliant, stick to them. But um, working with people to really help them understand do they want to stay in this job? And if they do, then working with them to help them job craft it as long as it doesn't, you know, really negative, you'd be amazed what will come out of it. You'd mm. be amazed how people will come up with doing things differently and how many ways there are to develop stuff. You know when people have autonomy and an ability to grow, it helps them and it helps the business. So why wouldn't you try and help them? And I know yeah. it's tiring and I know it's energetic and I, uh, energy sapping doing that, but do it. It's
0: not a BS job if you do it, is it? It's no, and HR purpose.
1: is not a BS job yeah. if you help people do that, right? It's a really brilliant job. Mm-hmm. So helping people, remember where you got in it, Probably to help fulfill people. Yeah. yeah. Good. And it's, as a line manager, I found it incredibly hard to manage people out of the organization. As in, not I don't mean performance management, I mm. mean as in help them find their next job. But it's probably some of the proudest things I've ever done.
0: Mm. It's rewarding, isn't it? If you help somebody onto a place that feels good for them.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: Um, I guess mine is kind of more of a, a personal one. So when we were speaking about job crafting and, and the different aspects of it, I kind of really think what we're, we're saying to people is if, you think something can be better or you think something can be less bad, find ways to try and do that and have the courage to explore doing that and speak to people about it and, and try and have some um, impetus to, to change things for the better. And I, I think that that probably fits with a lot of aspects of work um, and some aspects of personal life as well, and it doesn't always work. But I think trying to craft things so they're better is a worthwhile thing to do, um, and I'd say just go out and do it and speak to people about it, right? So often people don't know, right? Communication gets in the way of so many of these things in terms of what people's experiences are uh, and, and how things could be better. So, you know, think about how you can make things better for yourself and give it a go because, you know, there's not really much harm in trying most of the time.
1: No, I don't think there is. And I think... Um, it's funny you say that. I still, I still... There's a part of me deep down that... I, I have two concerns really. Mm-hmm. One is, is this all just common sense? That's life. and are a lot we labeling time, right? it in order to get, give people permission to do it. And maybe that is it. Maybe, yeah. And the second thing I have, and I cannot get away from this, is fundamentally for profit organizations are there to take, uh, to find ways to make people be more productive or mm-hmm. organizations to be more productive using people, right? Make a margin on labor get, or whatever. Yeah, it is, yeah, make a margin on labor, make a margin on their human capital, extract more value out of the people. Mm hmm. Is all of this just to make it a more comfortable conversation between managers and people versus saying, no, just do it and get on with it? Yeah, 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 Does it really impact productivity better or is this really just because people don't like feeling that they have to, in some way, performance manage people? Yeah, yeah. I've
0: got all those concerns as well.
1: Who's, uh, yeah, whose job is it, right? Whose job is it to make sure that you're doing the right job mm. and the right job for you? Don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions, or answers on a, answers yeah, or a please. postcard <laughs> or a tweet? On a
0: tweet, yes, please. All right, well, let us wrap up there and call it a day. Um, you can get in touch with us, uh, usual places, Twitter, yeah. uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, website, um, worldofwork.io. Um, we send out our wow, wow Mail as well, so you can sign up to that. We send someone out um, most weeks. With some good information in it. Uh, anything yeah. else?
1: Monthly Twitter chat.
0: Monthly Twitter chat. Yeah, we do that.
1: Find that. Come and say hello. Yeah, yeah. We love to speak to you. Yeah, we do. And we we like
0: lot. chats on Twitter. We do. We do yeah.
1: like a bit of a chat on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and most of all, have a, have a really good week. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.
0: Until bye. next time. Bye. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website www.worldofwork.io where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.